Thanks for tuning in. I'm Ben Aston, and this is the Digital Project Manager Podcast. Today, I'm joined by the wonderful Joanna Lee Simon, famous, world famous, in fact, for the great pen giveaway of 2017. Uh, so stay tuned, probably. I'm hoping Joanna will have something to give away today. And uh, she always has something exciting to share with us. So welcome, Joanna. Hi, Ben. Thank you so much for having me again. Cool. So today we're going to be talking about what happens when we get dumped on a new project. Sometime when we get landed on a new project is a good thing, uh, but often it can be pretty tricky. So we're going to talk about some of the things that we can do to get our bearings and to get the project in order so that we can actually start managing it. I think taking on projects from other people, um, or even, sometimes even just starting projects, can be pretty stressful. So that we're, we're going to be talking about the ways that we can get ourselves sorted and make the whole thing less stressful. But before we dive into that, Joanna, tell us just a bit about who you are, for those of you who haven't met you before, uh, what are you doing, and uh, yeah, what's your deal? Sure. Um, I am a producer, project manager, uh, currently based in Philadelphia, and um, I've been working for about the past eight years in small agencies, uh, first sort of a comprehensive public relations and advertising firm, then in video production, and most recently at a graphic design and branding firm. Uh, each of these gigs obviously has had a heavy digital component being that it is the 21st century. Um, and I'm actually currently uh, wading through figuring out what my next uh, position is going to be and considering a potential move out of the city of Philadelphia. Exciting times. So, um, mm -hmm. so if you have a job for Joanna and you, you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I want to hire that girl, um, get in touch with her. Gun, for, gun available for hire. But so, so tell us then what um, in your uh, while you're while you've got some downtime. What do, what do you kind of keep yourself busy with? What do uh, I know in your in your bio? Um, you talk about uh, some of the things you like to do in your spare time, and uh, I'm just interested. How do you uh, how do you kind of manage that process in terms of keeping yourself busy, keeping yourself in, engaged with stuff? when it can be so easy just to be like, oh, I'm just going to chill out. Well, I've definitely, considering it was the holidays and um, everyone was kind of on vacation, I've definitely given myself a lot of chill out time, which has been really great. And I highly recommend it to anyone who uh, is lucky enough to have the chance. But um, I've also surprisingly stayed really busy. I've been doing a lot of freelance work, which is really exciting, mostly actually in um, brand strategy, uh, which I love to do. So that's been great working with people locally, but also um, some clients in California and all over the place, which is awesome. Um, and really just trying to do all the things that it's hard to do when you have a full-time job, just like really banal things like going to the doctor and exercising and running errands and fixing things around my apartment. Um, so it's been really nice just to be able to kind of take care of all that administrivia. <laughs> I know it's funny, isn't it? How like actually just living life is a full-time job. So <laughs> It really is. <laughs> just like doing things like, yeah, going to the dentist, going to the doctor and like getting yourself sorted for your next, for your next big, uh, 
the next big thing. So I'm interested though, like oh. um, as a one of the things that um, that comes up in the uh, in our Slack team quite often. I, I see it in the remote PM uh, channel. I'd love to to hear your perspective. People ask, uh, "Oh, I'm thinking about going to freelance or contract project management." Um, but how do you get the work? And it seems like people in the know can kind of get their own gigs. And it's awesome that you've been able to um, just pick up some work. So how do you, how do you, uh, how do you find that work? So to be completely honest, I uh, didn't necessarily go looking for these gigs. I think they kind of just found me. Um, I, uh, I, I love to do the work. That's just, you know, something about myself that I've come to terms with over the past couple of years is, you know, I prefer the term careerist to the term workaholic, <laughs> but call it what you will. I just love to do the work. So I guess in having conversations with friends and acquaintances, um, you know, while I was explaining that I was going to have this downtime while I was dedicating myself to looking for a new full-time job, people would just say, oh, you know what? Like I have this friend, she just started her own business. She could really use somebody um, to help her get organized, uh, you know, or to help her strategize about this, that, and the other thing. Would you want to meet her? And I just, I would constantly say yes, because I find the work fascinating. And um, I also, I guess, would reach out to people who I knew might benefit from services that I could offer and just say, you know, I have some time on my hands. I'd love to work with you. Not necessarily because I'm, you know, trying to hustle for the money, but just because I really, truly enjoy um, doing this kind of work and and I miss it when I'm not doing it full time. cool. So the key is to know some people and and hope that and hope that they've got some work for you. I feel I think it's I feel like it's the same for uh, for most people. Like it's your individual networks are so important in finding work. And uh, it's not like there's this um, secret stash of contract PM jobs uh, that are kind of just waiting to be um, yeah, picked up by people. It, it seems to be like that individual network thing seems to be really important. Absolutely. I mean, it's so cliche, but it's so true. It's just, you know, these types of things happen so organically most of the time when you're not even actively pursuing them. I mean, I'm going to be completely honest with you. The idea of being a full-time freelancer is terrifying to me because I don't love that hustle of trying to find gigs. I feel like um, I that's just not for me. I'm kind of bad at selling myself in that way, but I've found that a lot of times if you just are honest with people about what you're looking for and what you can offer, then things will just materialize organically. That's really interesting. So we are going to talk about today a couple of things. The first thing that I want to talk about was um, the article that you wrote just uh, recently. And um, it's all about questions to ask when starting a new project. And so if you haven't checked it out yet, particularly if you're embarking on a new project and you feel a bit like, a deer in the headlights, uh, then this one is for you. I think starting projects can be incredibly daunting, particularly if we're working on a new client or we're new to the agency or there's this feeling that you've been kind of landed on a project and you're t- told, okay, uh, this is your project now, you're in charge, 
uh, it can be pretty terrifying, particularly because usually, and I'd say nine times out of 10 in, in my experience, the person handing over the project to you doesn't care anymore. Um, or they insist that actually uh, the project is so simple that it doesn't need a handover. It's uh, it just everyone knows what they're doing um, and it, there's no need to have any notes. Um, so that's kind of you know my experience of, of, uh, of being dumped on projects. No one really knows what's going on. There's no notes. There's no handover. Um, so what do you do? And that's what uh, we're going to talk about today. Questions to ask when starting a new project. Um, so, Joanna, yeah, just tell me first, like, what has been what has been your experiences of of taking over projects like this? Are yours similar to mine that you feel like you've been kind of thrown in at the deep end and uh, and it's kind of a sink or swim thing, or have you had some better experiences? Um. Well, I don't think I've had any like horror stories, um, but this is a situation that I've certainly been in many times. I think the most visceral memory is when I started my last job. Um, I came in and they had not had any sort of project manager in place for quite a while. So um, the creative directors were actually managing all the projects and there were about 20 projects in the agency at that time. So when I came in, I sort of just demanded to sit down and go through each project one by one and and ask all of these questions um, that come up in the article. And it was pretty tedious, but also sort of amazing to just get all of this information all at once. And uh, I guess this is going to sound really nerdy, but I think if you really love project management, which I'm assuming most of your listeners do, um, that diving in and facing a challenge, like taking on a project um, halfway through is actually kind of fascinating and a challenge that a lot of people will, I think, really rise to. So personally, I find it kind of exciting in a really masochistic way (laughs) yeah yeah and i I think it can be exciting i think what's uh what's important though is is kind of what you outlined in the article is to um be is to have a bit of a plan for how you um for how you tackle taking on a project because i think it can be uh in the in the excitement shall we say of of taking on (laughs) on a new project we can just kind of jump straight into the work and uh the and the project but I think um, what you talk about in your in your article is, um, well, I'm going to kind of summarize it into four areas. You talk about a kind of understanding the, the, the kind of the project management plan, um, getting to grips with the team, uh, understanding the client, and then I guess the fourth thing is the work. So you talk about um, asking yourself firstly about the statement of work and, and talking about what are we actually delivering? And I think really importantly, what are we not delivering? And uh, do you want to just talk about that, kind of uh, the understanding, how you kind of get to grips with the, with the statement of work? Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in the article, I go into a little bit more detail about the questions um, that you should ask when you start out and and who you should be asking. But I think that, you know, project managers get a bad rap for being sort of the killjoys uh, of 
you know, particularly in a creative environment, the people who come in and say, okay, well, uh, everyone hold your horses, don't get too carried away. And while I never like to be that person, I think that that's just essential to what we do. And so that question about making sure that as project manager, you understand what we're not delivering, I think is really important. And when I ask that question, that's usually one that I get faced with a lot of, you know, eye rolls and groans and like, oh, here comes the project manager wanting to like (laughs) clip our wings again. (laughs) And sometimes, you know, you just have to be the bad guy. But I think that that question is so important because that's how you save everyone from uh, confusion and from wasting time and energy and money. And I've just gotten into a lot of situations in the past where clients or um, creatives or account managers uh, sort of want to shoot for the moon and just say, well, why would we limit ourselves and let's just do everything. And so as a project manager, unfortunately, I think making sure that you get an honest answer out of people about what we're not meant to deliver is really important because that's how you save people from themselves um, ultimately. And so I think that that's a, a really big one. And even if they don't like it yeah, when you ask sure. it, they'll thank I think you later. It's interesting, isn't it? I think when you're, particularly when you're, you're starting a project when it's midway through and uh, if you don't, if you don't ask that question, um, uh, you can kind of get carried along in the, uh, with the excitement of the project. And, you know, sometimes there is, you know, internal consensus that, hey, we're going to, we're going to put a load of internal resources on this because, uh, we want to, we think this is a really good chance to like win an award. Um, or, uh, this is, we're going to invest in this heavily because, uh, if we get this right, then there's going to be additional work coming down the line. But, um, if you just kind of go with the flow and, uh, and go with it before asking yourself, okay, yeah. What are we not delivering? And I think uh, with that as well, um, okay, well, what are the milestones? And you talk about this. Uh, is there a deadline? <laughs> because, because that will play into it as well. Um, if, if we leave, often if we just leave the team to their own devices, they will create the most amazing thing, but it will take forever and it will be really expensive. But it will probably win awards though. Absolutely. And I never want to be the person who prevents my team from doing really amazing work. I think that it's just all about managing expectations so that you can be sort of the voice of reason and you can push people to over deliver or do that extra amazing work if it's going to be good for the team. But if you think that they're, that people are just getting in their own way uh, and burning resources, then you can also step in and say, look guys, you know, we're not meant to be delivering X, Y, and Z. So give yourselves a little bit of a break. (laughs) And I think one of the other things you you talked about in terms of uh, kind of under this umbrella of the questions that we should ask in terms of understanding the plan is um, have we done this before? Has this done be, been done before by by us, by by someone else? And I think that is such a such a key thing uh, to be asking the team and uh, perhaps other producers or project managers on your team. Like, guys, is there is there any shortcuts that we can um, leverage or things that we can assets that we can reuse? Because by nature, people like to um, 
reinvent the wheel. Like pe- people tend to think, oh yeah, we didn't quite do it as good as we should have done it last time, so we need to do it again. But I think asking that question, what could we reuse that we've done before, is really important. Absolutely, and I think that that question also plays into the idea of a project manager being the person who has to sort of manage expectations for their team and sometimes come in and be the bad cop who says, look, we need to shut it down (laughs) or we need to get it done rather than this being a time to experiment. But looking at what's come before can also be a great way to find um, a fast lane to innovation. So you're absolutely right. It's about making sure that we're not reinventing the wheel, but it's also about saying, okay, if you guys really want to have some fun with this, let's work together to assess the opportunities where our time will be best spent. Um, Because if it's already been done before, then let's not go down that path again. Let's find out where we can be really innovative and original here because we're studying what has been already done. That's uh, it it can save you a lot of pain down the road for sure. Now, and talking about pain, I think one of the things that you talk about is uh, when considering like the overall plan, um, what might get in the way? And uh, I think this is a great question to ask, like when, whenever we're working on a project, like if this thing is going to fail, why will it fail? Like what's going to, what are good, what are the major hurdles that we're likely or could encounter along the way? So I'm curious, uh, how do you keep track of that? Kind of the answers to that question and how do you, how do you tease out that from the team and, and prepare for it? Yeah, well, I think that my entire approach to project management really hinges on honesty. And, um, you know, I think that all of these questions that I suggest you ask when you're put in this situation of being thrown on a new project midway through really relies on your team and your clients and all of your stakeholders being honest with you and you being honest with yourself. And so I think asking, you know, what do you foresee as being potential roadblocks or what do you think might cause this project to fail? That question really only proves its worth if you get an honest response. Um, But if you do, then I think it can really just open up a whole world um, for the project manager because you can dedicate some time to investigating solutions to problems before they even arise. And then when they do arise, uh, just putting those solutions into action immediately. And I think that's something that people forget a lot of times, myself included. I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty. So me sitting here giving advice by all means doesn't mean that I do these things perfectly every time. It's just, you know, I've had time to think about these situations um, and how I would approach them differently in the future. But I think that's something that project managers need to remember is that it is our job sometimes to go off on these little tangents and go off on these little winding paths, uh, sort of examining problems that maybe haven't happened yet, but they could. And having those solutions ready to go in our toolkit, um, you know, I would spend time at various jobs researching or 
strategizing about solving problems that hadn't even happened, but really just as preparation. And I think some people would look at that as burning time. But I think it's so important because even if that problem doesn't come up in the next week or month or year or on the project that you're working on right now, maybe it'll come up sometime in the future, but you'll be prepared. Or even more importantly, maybe it'll come up not for you, but for one of your colleagues and you'll be at the ready to help, yeah, which I think is also super valuable. For sure. So we've talked about the kind of questions to ask. So kind of questions around the, the, the plan, the, the statement of work, the timeline, delivery. Um, next, let's talk about the team. And I think this is, this is a, a potentially tricky one, particularly if you're new to an agency, um, but even if you're just dumped on a, on a project, one of the things that, uh, that you talk about asking is, well, who's, who's going to do the work? Have you got a resource plan? And is that resource plan kind of fit for purpose? But I'm curious as to how you work out whether or not a resource plan is right. How do you work out whether or not people are good or right for the job? Um, and I think if you're new, it can often be the case that you're kind of lumped with all the people that no one else wants to work with because everyone else knew who to resource and uh, and you kind of get left with the scraps. So how do you, how do you manage that? Yeah, so you make a really good point, which is, um, you know, asking this question is sometimes just as much about being prepared for bad news as it is about ensuring that everything's going right. Um, so whichever outcome it ends up being, I think asking the question is important just so that you get to know the outcome. Um, but so before I said that I think one of the most important things, uh, one of the keystones to my philosophy of project management is honesty. And I think another one is instinct. And I think that having good instincts is such an important part of being a good project manager and especially when it comes to people. So I think that even if you ask this question um, and you hear the answer from other people, a big part of it is just using your own instincts um, to sort of feel out the team, ask the people on the team the right questions to try and figure out if they're the right people for the job. And maybe even if you don't have any control over staffing the project because you've been inserted sort of halfway through, um, at least maybe you can try and get to know your team sort of rapidly uh, and assess, you know, what you think people's strengths and weaknesses are and just sort of use your instincts to make sure that your project team has everything they need and sort of foresee any um, holes that might need to be sort yeah, of think, filled I think that's really sound way. advice. And I think I'd just add, I think one of the ways that we can, we can do that kind of rapid assessment um, is by... Uh, well, I think I, I should first say, I think the temptation is that you, you kind of get uh, put on a new project and in a, on a new team. And you kind of, well, me being a kind of optimistic person, I kind of tend to think, oh, well, I'm sure everyone knows what they're doing. I'm sure um, people have done this before. Like, and I think for me, that's where things tend to rapidly uh, kind of unwind. So I think as we as we're working with our team for the first time, it's uh, really asking those questions that ordinarily you wouldn't need to ask that, yeah, perhaps should be common sense, but asking them, you know, 
what are you working on right now? When are you going to finish that thing? Have you, have you done this before? Do you know what you're doing? Uh, they might sound like stupid questions, uh, but sometimes you can find out people have been put on, you know, doing something that they've got no idea what they're doing and they have no idea when they'll finish or it could be completely the wrong plan. And just because you inherit a plan from someone else and a team's been assigned to it doesn't mean that it's the right plan uh, or you have the, the right team at all. So asking those questions quickly at, at the beginning can prevent some serious budget burn uh, rather than just kind of resting on your laurels and thinking, oh, well, I'm new, it's okay. Um, yeah, get stuck in there with, with the team as soon as you can. Absolutely. And like, I think that, you know, something, especially now that we're talking about it, that I'm really thinking about a lot is just keeping in mind that being a good project manager is so much about soft skills and so much about people skills and about asking the right questions, not only so that you have really um, airtight documentation and, you know, making sure that time and money and everything is allocated for properly, but really being able to sort of survey a project from a 10,000 foot view and understand the nuances when it comes to different personalities and their needs. And, you know, not everything is just about timelines and budgets and specs. Um, There's so much that goes into managing a project that's just about the ephemera. And I think for me personally, that's why I love it. Um, because I do love to be be organized and have, you know, documentation and everything. But I, I think I love, and that's part of what I was saying at the beginning about liking the challenge of coming into a project halfway through is like, it's just a really good time yeah, to test and to stretch um, your soft skills. So next up, we've talked about the plan. We've talked about the team. Um, next up, the client. And uh, I think this is, you make a really good point here. Um, asking the question, who is the client? Like, really, who, who's, the, who's the one that um, is calling the shots? And who's the, who's the point of contact? Who's the, um, who's the ultimate decision maker? But who are understanding who are all the different people um, that are involved in the project and, and, uh, and kind of getting a sense of the lay of the land there? Do you want to kind of share, kind of expand on, on your thoughts there? Sure. Yeah. So this question definitely comes from personal experience. Um, I have found that this happens all the time where you're either told by the project team or by management or by the client themselves um, who it is that is sort of the key stakeholder or the decision maker or the, the main point of contact. But then after a period of time, you realize that that is not the case. And it's it's not that anyone's doing anything deceitful or nefarious. I think that sometimes people just don't understand. Um, well, maybe I'm not giving them enough credit. I think sometimes people just don't realize that on paper, the client is one person, but in practice, it's a, either an entire group of people or someone different. Or maybe you have someone who's the main person on the day to day on the ground, but at the end of the day, you really need sign off from someone else. And I think just encouraging your client to be open with you about 
that is really important. And also explaining to them that that's totally normal. Um, I think, you know, ensuring your client, like, I don't mind if there's another secret stakeholder that you're hiding in a closet somewhere. I know how business works. Um, I don't mind if you're going to tell me three weeks from now that this needs to be run by someone else. I just want to know yeah, in advance I, that that's going to yeah, happen that's so, so I can true. prepare for it. And uh, it is, I mean, it sounds so straightforward, doesn't it? And it's, it sounds like, well, yeah, of course you should know who the client is, but it is so true, particularly when you're taking on a new client uh, that, that you've not worked on before. I mean, it's one thing to take on a new project, but yeah, taking on a new client where you don't really understand who's ultimately in charge. Um, like, yeah, there, there are so often clients hiding in the closets and they are the most important part of the whole process, the ones that are hiding. And uh, yeah, and, it, and it's always the fact that the, the more junior clients uh, are trying to, you know, they're trying to make their mark, they're trying to impress their boss. And then they, they're running a bit of a, you know, a risky one trying to run the project without getting approval along the way. So at least understanding, hey, is there anyone else who needs to sign this off? Um, and just even just asking that question, uh, just so you can under- suggest additional check-in points with the more senior clients so that you don't end up yeah, burning budget on stuff that um, ultimately gets rejected. And then there's, there's this always a bit of a snag when it's like, okay, well, who's going to pick up the bill? For this, uh, for this rogue work that we've done, but uh, where you've been misdirected on something, but uh, yeah, right. I think that's understanding the client is a uh, is really important. And so let's um, let's touch on then, I, I guess the kind of the fourth um, aspect, which is the work. And you talk about um, asking questions about success, and I think this is so important when we're picking up a new project. Um, to understand why why we're doing this work, um, is it to gain more brand awareness, to to ensure a successful launch or something, to acquire more users, to increase revenue, and, and going alongside that is that kind of understanding of successes, um, understanding okay, well, how are we going to be successful? Understanding the audience or the or the consumer, um, making sure that we've you know understand. Is this work that we're creating actually right? Is it going to deliver that success? Um, so how do you kind of get into that uh, place where you, I guess, understand what the, you know, the strategic goals for a project and then kind of dive into deeper, um, making sure the work that we're doing is kind of fit for purpose and is going to do the job? Yeah, so I think that this question is super important for a number of reasons. I mean, obviously, if you're um, a new, uh, newly staffed on the project, it's a really easy and straightforward way for you to find out in the eyes of your client and your team and all the different stakeholders, like, why are we doing this? Because I think having a why is so important. Um in project-based work in general, just knowing what your goals are and being able to keep yourself and your team focused. But also, I think it's a really good opportunity. And this is one of the silver linings of being thrown into a project that's already underway, is it's a really great opportunity to refocus the client. I think that sometimes, um, and it's you know, it's nobody's fault. It's completely understandable. They're 
probably working on a zillion things. Um, but I think it's really important to uh, take advantage of this opportunity to refocus your client so that not only can you as the project manager and the vendor understand why you're doing what you're doing, but hear from the client in their own words why they are spending money on this work in the first place, and then use that answer to guide them and to um, motivate them throughout the remainder of the process. It's a really great opportunity to remind your client why they hired your team. It's a really great opportunity to sort of spoon feed back to the client um, in their own words, you know, that you understand what they're trying to do and that you are there to help them achieve their goals. Uh, I think it's really great in unifying the project team and the client team with one goal. And I just think it's like, a really great opportunity to get everyone back on the same page if maybe people got a little bit lost in the sauce during the transition or if everyone seems to be on the same page and there aren't really any challenges then great like you've walked into a, a good situation so <laughs> yeah. Yeah, applaud be that, that and be but thankful I think, for that I think you're so right in terms of um it being actually a really good opportunity to um ask questions that um, yeah, if, if you'd been managing the project previously, um, you kind of couldn't get away with asking but, uh, because you should have stopped it sooner. But be asking those questions, okay, so how is this actually delivering on our client's strategic objectives? How is, it, how is this actually going to work? Um, being the person to ask those kind of nagging questions just to kind of realign the team, um, I, think is, I think is so useful. So I think that's really sound advice. Um, and so, yeah, just to just to wrap this up, I mean, I think the um, some other kind of thoughts that I had around how is it that we how is it that we can do handovers better in terms of being uh, as the person who's taking on a project? What are the kind of uh, things that we could need to be aware of? And I think the the first thing um, is just this awareness that. Actually, it's okay to feel out of your depth when you're when you're picking up a new project. There's this kind of unfamiliarity with the project, and actually, that's totally normal. And it's not it's okay not to have all the answers, but the important thing is to get some quick. And I think what you've been talking about today, in terms of some of these questions that we can ask, and check out the article to read all of these questions that uh, Joanna has put down. Um, Asking those questions so that we can get a plan and and, uh, and get an idea of what's going on is really important. And I think just a, just one more thing that I'd add is um, it can be really tempting when you're picking up a new project to uh, overcommit, and particularly if you're kind of put under pressure, uh, whether that's with the client or or with the team, uh, you want to be you know a positive influence. You want to be uh, you want to be the person that says yes and uh, get stuff done and delivers. Uh, but just a word of caution would be just don't overcommit because um, you probably don't know everything. So at least for the first little while, uh, make sure you're not overcommitting to stuff uh, because you'll just create more problems um, for yourself later. But one of the things that I, you know, I, I kind of talked about at the beginning, how it can so often be the case that you get a project or you're dumped on a project 
and uh, nobody, we haven't really got any idea what's going on because you've had a really terrible handover. But John, I'm just wondering before you before you go, have you got any thoughts on handovers and and how we can do them better? So if we're if we're the person not receiving the project but the one handing it over to another PM. What are your kind of, how do you like to do that? It's a really good question. And I'm sure that there are infinite answers can always be improving. Um, But if I had to talk about one thing, I guess I would, it looks like by hook or by crook, we've discovered a theme to this conversation, at least for me, which is honesty and just like, I think that what's best for everyone, whether you're the one who's handing over the information or the one receiving it, is to just be really open and honest and to go back to what you were just saying about not overcommitting. I think I would reiterate, um, don't feel the need to pretend that you're more comfortable than you are. It's okay to be vulnerable and ask questions. And it's okay to ask questions more than once if you don't understand something. And if you're working with good people, um, then they'll be sensitive to that and they'll help you get where you need to go. So I think just asking as many questions as you need to, as many times as you need to, from as many different people as you need to, don't be afraid um, to just be open and honest and vulnerable with your team because I think even though it may feel uh, weak in the moment or you may be frustrated that you're not getting the hang of things or wrapping your head around them as quickly as you'd like to, ultimately it's just better for everyone when we're yeah. all honest with each I, other. Yeah, I think that's, that's that's really sound advice. And I think one thing I'd, I'd add to that is if it seems like when you're kind of trying to you know, you're asking these probing questions and, and nobody seems to have the answers. Uh, it's probably because there are no answers and because there isn't a plan in place. And I think sometimes when, when we pick up projects, we're like, OK, I've just got to keep on just got to keep on digging. But uh, at, there comes a point where, you know, it seems like there's no plan or there seems like uh, the plan isn't really fit for purpose. And as the project manager, you should be feel totally empowered to make a new plan. And work out with the team a way that you are going to deliver the project, that you are going to deliver success, um, and uh, and that it's going to deliver you know the strategic objectives of the project. And I think we can sometimes think, you know, when we're when we're taking over a project, oh, I don't really know enough, but uh, I'm sure this is probably the right idea. I'd say uh, trust trust your gut, trust your instinct. It's kind of where Joanna was starting, um, and uh, yeah, and, and make a plan. And then it's a plan that you can own and you can deliver on. Absolutely. 100% agree. Good stuff. Well, Jana, thanks so much for joining us. It's been great having you with us. Thank you so much. It's so fun. And I'm sorry that I sound so congested. (laughs) (laughs) Before we go, do you have anything to give away this week? Last time it was pens. And I'm curious to know, did anyone take you up on your offer of the pen? You know... I'm really disappointed to say that nobody did. And I'm feeling like maybe if you guys don't want my special pens, then maybe you don't get anything this time around. Although, uh, speaking of congestion, I am looking right now at a fresh pack of Sudafed. So the giveaway for me this time will be a fresh pack of Sudafedrin, should you need any for this cold and flu season. Wow. You know where to find me. 
hit me up. That's a pretty good <laughs> offer. So if you'd like some Sudafed, uh, you'd like to contribute to the conversation, then comment on the post and head over to the community section of the Digital Project Manager to join our Slack team where you'll find all kinds of interesting conversations going on. But until next time, thanks for listening. Thank you.